Jeremiah chapter 1, verses 4 and 5. Part of what we'll be talking about is certainly a hot-button issue of the day, and this isn't a political message, but it's a biblical message uh, on some of the things we're going to see in this passage, and uh, something very important to the Lord. And uh, spoiler alert, that's every one of us and every person uh, in this world. And we want to consider some thoughts from this passage that I think will be a help. I titled it Before I Formed Thee, and you'll see why in the passage. Verse number four, Then the word of the Lord came unto me, saying, Before I formed thee in the belly, I knew thee. And before thou camest forth out of the womb, I sanctified thee, set thee apart. And I ordained thee, particular calling for this person, ordained thee a prophet unto the nations. The title of the message is Before I Formed Thee, because of what we read in the very first few words of verse 5, where it says, Before I formed thee in the belly, I knew thee. And I want to speak about this and some principles we can see from this passage that I think will be a help to us, just in general especially in the times we live. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for this time you've given to us. Bless your word to our hearts, God. We need you. We need your help this morning. I pray that the message would be clear and helpful and strengthening to us. I pray as we consider your great thoughts toward us, that it would encourage us, Lord, and help us to see how valuable we are to you. And Lord, we uh, are grateful for your mercy and grace in love toward us, God, we're undeserving. But we thank, we're thankful that you consider us deserving enough that you would die for us. And we know in Christ we can have that eternal life and that relationship with you. In Jesus' name, amen. Before I form thee, God values the life of every single person. Do you agree with that this morning? Good, I would hope you would. Each one, each person, is important to God and created by Him. We see one of those people in these passages, in this passage. His name was Jeremiah. He was a Jewish prophet of God. He was preaching in a time, and this is interesting when you read the first few verses, and we may read that quickly here in a bit. But he was preaching in a time when the king of Judah, who was Josiah, had recently just started a purging of the wickedness and idolatry in the land. We read of the time frame in Jeremiah 1-2, look at verse 2 real quick. To whom the word of the Lord, that's to Jeremiah, came in the days of Josiah, the son of Ammon, king of Judah, in the thirteenth year of his reign. So what year of his reign did the word of the Lord come unto Jeremiah? Thirteenth, right? And we read in 2 Chronicles, you don't have to turn there, but in 2 Chronicles 34, 3, we read the year before that is when King Josiah started that purging, if you will, in the land of the wickedness and idolatry that was going on. It says this in 2 Chronicles 34, 3, For in the eighth year of his reign, Josiah's reign, while he was yet young, he began to seek after the God of David, his father. And that's good. In the eighth year of his reign, he was just very young. But he had a heart to seek God and desire him. And then it says, and in the twelfth year, the twelfth year of his reign, he began to purge Judah and Jerusalem 
from the high places and the groves and the carved images and the molten images. And so we read of King Josiah at that time, and he became king at a young age, and in the eighth uh, year of his reign, he began to really seek God and to seek to know him and to know his mind and his will and his words. And then in the twelfth year, it says, he began to uh, really hit that purging process and trying to get rid of the wickedness and idolatry, the groves, the carved images, all that. And so it's interesting, Jeremiah, he didn't, Jeremiah didn't prophesy just through his reign, but through a king or two after him. But it started off at such a time as that. And I believe Jeremiah came to play a, an important part in jo- Josiah's reform and ultimately in Israel's life beyond that. Now, just because that was the the thrust of the king and Jeremiah was preaching for God didn't mean Israel followed God, because we know ultimately it led to Babylonian captivity. But Jeremiah was there for a purpose, uh, to help point people to God and to what's right and to what God expected from them. He was called and born for such a time as that. His life certainly was very important for God's will and plan. I believe in these verses, along with others, that we see that every life, every soul, every person in the womb or out of the womb, no matter the color of their skin or home of birth, is important and precious to God. Amen? That covers a whole wide of political issues today. Every person. That that ought to cause us as Christians to think like our Lord thinks. And to have the same perspective that he thinks. Psalm 8 verse 4 through 6 tells us just in general, the psalmist says, What is man that thou art mindful of him? We would think, why are we even important to God? Why does God even think about us? Certainly we're undeserving, but what is man that thou art mindful of him? And the son of man that thou visitest him? For thou hast made him a little lower than the angels, and hast crowned him with glory and honor. Thou madest him to have dominion over the works of thy hands, Thou hast put all things under his feet. I'd like to share a few principles today that will help us to understand, hopefully help you to understand your value. And if some people have a very low value of themselves, and certainly God requires humility and an understanding of who we are before him, but we should understand that we are of value to God. So much so that he sent his only begotten son to die for us and to shed his blood so we could be saved. So we understand our value, but here's the other thing. We need to understand the value of every life. This is relevant, certainly to the issues of our day for sure, but I just want to give you scripture today. First of all, God knows each person before they're conceived. God knows each person. It says in verse number five, before I formed thee in the belly, I knew thee. Before I formed thee in the belly... He said to Jeremiah, I knew thee. I believe he could certainly say that to all of us this morning. That is applicable to each one of us. Before you were formed in the belly, God knew you. What an amazing thought that God would think of us, first of all. But the fact that he knew us before we were formed in the belly. Romans 8.29 says, For whom he did foreknow... He also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. How could God know or foreknow us? Because he's God. 
If we're looking for a rational explanation of God or how he knows before you were formed, then we'll not find it. He's God. He creates. We are created. He is all-powerful. We have limits. But this we know and we can know. God knows everything and everyone, regardless of time frame, regardless of where we're born, regardless of who our parents are, regardless of the time frame we live in, because he does not see things as we do. In Psalm 139, verse 15 through 17, it says this, My substance was not hid from thee when I was made in secret, and curiously wrought in the lowest part of the earth. Thine eyes did see my substance, yet being unperfect. And in thy book all my members were written, which in continuance were fashioned, when as yet there was none of them. In other words, before... Before perhaps we were even a thought, God thought of us. Before uh, uh, we would ever uh, be conceived, before we would ever be born, God had us in his mind. He knew who we were. He knew what we would become. And he had a plan for us. Of course, he knows us after we're born too. In Psalm 139 Verses 1 through 4, it says, O Lord, thou hast searched me and known me. Thou knowest my downsitting and mine uprising. Thou understandest my thoughts from afar off. Thou compassest my path and my lying down and art acquainted with all my ways. For there is not a word in my tongue, but lo, O Lord, thou knowest it all together. And if we just consider that for a moment, the fact that God knows us and knew us. Listen, no one's here by accident. Uh, no one's born that God says, oh, man, I didn't realize that was going to happen. No one's conceived that God would say, oh, what am I going to do now? God has a purpose and plan for each one of us. He knows us way ahead of time, and that's important to understand, and that speaks of the value God has for us. Of course, that uh, discards evolution or any other thought such as that. That we're just here by accident or just over time we evolved. Obviously, that doesn't fit into the biblical narrative, no matter how you try to spin it. And God knew us. God fashioned us. God knew what we would become and what we would do and what time frame we would live in. It's not a mistake. The, uh, who you are, what you look like, the gender you are, any of that is not a mistake by God. Amen? We can say Amen. No mistake. But because of our sin, we're born into this world separated from God and must be reconciled back to Him. In other words, let me put it this way God knew you, as He said in the passage, uh, before you were formed in the belly, but we need to know Him. We need to be reconciled to Him. We need to know. Him personally. And the only way to do that is the way he provided, and that's through his son, Jesus Christ. He's known everybody, but everybody has to decide to know him. And the way we know him is by believing in Jesus Christ and the fact that he came to earth thousands of years ago and died on a cross and was buried and rose again. And if we would call out to him and ask him to come into our lives and save us, we'll have everlasting life. We'll have a relationship with God, the almighty God that knew you and knows you, and you can be right with him, forgiven of sin, have a relationship with him and a purpose in this life, and ultimately a home in heaven. 
John 3, 16 through 18 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. For God sent not his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. He that believeth on him is not condemned, but he that believeth not is condemned already, because he hath not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. See, that's how much God loves us. That's how much each life is important and precious to God, that all that would believe, whosoever would call upon him, will be saved. That's God's intention, is that every person is reconciled back to him in a right relationship. When they would acknowledge their sin, because we're all born in sin, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God, that we recognize Jesus is the Savior and that he did indeed die on the cross and rise for us. And if we would call out to him personally, each person making that decision to trust him alone for our salvation will be saved. God desires a relationship with us. Amen. He desires us to know him as he knows us. If we would just walk with him and, uh, and turn to him and know him and especially trust his son, Jesus Christ, as a sacrifice for our sins. So as we consider this this morning and we think of Jeremiah and we think of what God is telling Jeremiah, God knows each person before they're conceived, but we also see God has a plan for each person before they're born. God has a plan, a will, if you will, a will, if you will, for each person before they're born. He knows us before we're conceived. He has a plan for us before we're born. Verse 5 says, And before thou camest out of the womb, I sanctified thee. I set thee apart. uh, apart. In other words, he had a plan and a purpose for him. Verses 9 through 10 tell us that. Then the Lord put forth his hand and touched my mouth. And the Lord said unto me, Behold, I have put my words in thy mouth. See, I have this day set thee over the nations and over the kingdoms to root out, to pull down, and to destroy, and to throw down, to build and to plant. He's saying, I have a plan for you, and you're going you're to be a prophet. He's not going to physically do that. But as he relays the words of God, is going to do that. And is going to, uh, as they would respond to him, change a, a kingdom, a, a nation. As you see, God had a plan for Jeremiah before he came from the womb. He was sanctified. He was set apart. He was consecrated for God and ordained or appointed a prophet. And can I say, we each have gifts and abilities and a purpose from God that he wants to use through us. Here's the thing. Uh, You say, well, if God knows everybody and he wants us to know him, that's the first step, is through Jesus Christ, the mediator, the one whom God said, no man cometh unto the Father but by me. Uh, as we go through Jesus, we can know God and have a real relationship with him. That's the first step. And then now we have to figure out, what has he created me for? What is God's plan for my life? Uh, how does God want to use me? What are the gifts and abilities and opportunities and resources he's given me? And that requires not just knowing him, but yielding ourselves to him. And he said to Jeremiah, listen, I have a plan for you. Now, Jeremiah could have said, no. And Jeremiah faced some difficult times. And if you read the book of Jeremiah, you'd see some of the persecution and opposition. He he faced some difficult times. He could have said, no, I I don't want to be used by you. No, I don't want to do that. Instead, I feel I would do better over here doing this. 
I don't think I can be a prophet, but maybe I can uh, support a prophet if, if, if you call someone else. I can't be a prophet. I know you want me to be a prophet. I can't be that, but maybe I can just uh, kind of help uh, 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 just host a prophet or, or host uh, the people of God or, or try to just be an encouragement. No, he said, I want you to be a prophet, and you're going to do some difficult things. You're going to have some faces against you that aren't very happy. You're going to have some things happen to you that you're not going to be pleased with. You're going to preach, and really, ultimately, they're not going to listen to you. Now, how do you want that calling? Anyone want that calling this morning? That's tough calling. But God had a plan for him. Certainly, not, that may not be your calling, but what is? What are the gifts God's given you? How does he want you to serve him and others? What are ways he wants to use you for his glory? Galatians 1.15, talking about the Apostle Paul in the first century, it says, But when it pleased God, Paul says, But when it pleased God who separated me from my mother's womb and called me by his grace. In other words, he's saying, uh, uh, God had called me even before I was born, just like Jeremiah. He had set Paul apart for a purpose. And think about that. Now, Paul didn't just, uh, 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 you know, was born and then all of a sudden jump right to it. Paul actually was going the wrong way and opposing the wrong thing. Paul was, was quite religious and he was opposing Jesus and the people of God. And so what had to happen with Paul? God used a lot of that training and those, no doubt those connections he had and, and, and the, the, some of the education he had and, and uh, some of the experiences he had uh, uh, to make him what he ought to be. But he said, listen, I don't need that. I want to follow Christ. But God took that. And when Paul met Jesus, things changed. When Paul surrendered to the Lord and said, what will thou have me to do? God began to fulfill his plan through Paul. And you know, God knows you, and perhaps this morning you know him through Jesus Christ, his son. But you're not yielded to him, to what his plan is for your life. Listen, you're still trying to figure out, maybe I'm still trying to figure it out, but God already knows. Because he knows you. So what do I do? Just yield to him, just surrender to him. He'll lead you step by step. He may not show you a big picture on the screen. This is your life. This is exactly what you're going to do. But he can say, this is the next step. Trust me. And as we yield ourselves to him, he takes what he already knows and the plan he already has and his perfect will that we just need to follow. If we would just yield to him, he would do and accomplish his purpose through us. It's a tragedy, though, today, and let me say this, it's a tragedy today when a life whom God knows, a life whom God has, already has a plan, is snuffed out before it even begins. That's a terrible thing. It's called murder. That's what we're facing today. Many, many lives whom God wants to use, whom God has a purpose for. And uh, we've got to take those things seriously. Psalm 139.14 says this. I will praise thee, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are thy works, and that my soul knoweth right well. Proverbs 16.9. A man's heart deviseth his way, 
but the Lord directeth his steps. And can I say this, as we yield ourselves to God's plan for our life, our heart may want to devise a plan away of what we're going to do. But the wise person is going to do this, let God direct his steps. And that's faith, that's yielding to him day by day. Listen, whether you're a young person like these young guys right here, God has a plan for your life. He already knows what you're going to do. So what do you have to do? You have to yield to him, surrender to him, step by step, whatever he wants, and stay close to him. Or whether you're a little older, and I won't point to anyone, uh, maybe you're a little older. You say, what does God have for me? He still has a plan for you. He already knows. And maybe you, as you were younger, God directed you, but he's still directing you today, no matter what age you're at. You say, what do I have to do? The same thing, yield, surrender. And we can't get on the young people if they're not yielding to God, if us older people aren't yielding to God. We need to yield to God every day, step by step. God has a plan for each person before they're born. God's plan is fully realized as we understand and believe the gospel of Christ and as we surrender to him so he can live through us and be glorified. 1 Corinthians 10.31 tells us, Whether therefore we eat or drink, or whatsoever you do, do all to the glory of God. Philippians 4.13 says, In case we say, but, but God, I can't do it. I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. Look at verse number 6. Jeremiah had an issue. He said this, Ah, Lord God, I, I cannot speak, for I am a child. Right? And so, like Moses, who said, God, I can't do this, I can't speak, or I have this issue, Jeremiah is saying, Lord, but I can't speak, I'm just a child. But notice what the Lord says, verse 7. But the Lord said unto me, Say not, I am a child, for thou shalt go to all that I shall send thee, and whatsoever I command thee, thou shalt speak. What God is saying is, trust me. Trust me. Look at verse 8. Be not afraid of their faces. That tells Jeremiah there's going to be some ugly faces. Going to be some rather angry faces. Be not afraid of their faces. For I am with thee to deliver thee, saith the Lord. What encouragement? It requires faith. But God has a plan for you. He knows you. He's equipped you to do something for his glory. Notice with Jer Jeremiah, uh, God touched his mouth and gave him the words to say. When God calls you, he equips you. Say, so God's calling me to do this. God's burning my heart that I need to, uh, to go this direction or to serve here or to, to do this. You say, how am I going to do it? By faith. Because when God directs, he'll equip. He'll give you what you need to do it. Sometimes you just have to go. You say, but yeah, but I'm not prepared. When you go, God will prepare you. By faith, when you obey, God helps to accomplish his purpose. You and I have a purpose from God. We just need to yield to him and trust him. So we see God knows each person before they're conceived. God has a plan for each person before they're born. But God also intends that we impact, impact other people while alive. God intends that we impact other people while we're alive. Verse number five says, I've ordained thee a prophet unto the nations. Certainly we are not put onto this earth just for ourselves or for our own benefit. And if we're not careful, even in these days today, we can be so concerned about ourselves, we cannot care about other people. So concerned about my safety, my health, my protection. 
uh, my encouragement that we forget we're not here for ourselves. We're here for God's glory and to bless others. And we, we live in a day where it's all about us. And we're living in an hour in 2020 where it's all about us. But really it's going to be beyond us to others. God can help us with that. We're here first to glorify God in all we do. Matthew 5.16 says, Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and highlight you in their latest newspaper or put you on the nightly news or run a nice story about you, about how good of a person you are. Is that what it says? It says, Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works. And glorify your Father which is in heaven. Hey, let's get this straight. In the world's eyes, yes. Hey, listen, it's nice to be appreciated. It's nice to be seen as uh, in a good light. But really, that's not why we're living as Christians. We're not living uh, to shine our light so we can be seen. We're living, shining the light of Christ in us so He can be seen. And we need to live in a way that glorifies Him. Now, praise the Lord if... God blesses with appreciation and God blesses with uh, uh, someone recognizing what you're doing. But always give glory to God. Give credit to whom credit is due. In 1 Corinthians 6.20 it tells us, For ye are bought with a price. Right? You say, why? Why, do I, why is it all about glorifying God? For ye are bought with a price. The blood of Jesus for your sin and salvation. Therefore, because of that, glorify God in your body. And in your spirit, which are God's. Listen, contrary to popular belief, it's not your body. Amen? Don't get quiet when I talk about things that are controversial. Amen? It's not your body. You can't do what you want with it. Especially if you're a Christian. It's God's. And we don't have that choice. Especially when there's a a life inside of us. We don't choose for someone else. God intends that we impact others while alive. For you are bought with a price, therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. But the second thing we're also here to do is not just to glorify God, but to impact others for the Lord's sake. We are to minister to others for God and make Jesus known. Right? We, we're here in flesh, and God's filled us with His Spirit as Christians. If we'll yield to Him, He's given us resources and abilities and gifts. Uh, So that he can reach through us to other people. In 1 Peter 4.10 it says, And as every man has received the gift, even so minister the same one to another. Those gifts that we have as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. We're good stewards of God's grace and the gifts he's given us as we use them one toward another. 2 Corinthians 5.18 says, And all things are of God who hath reconciled us to himself. By Jesus Christ and hath given to us the ministry of reconciliation. And so part of our job as Christians is to say, hey, listen, God knows you. God loves you. But because of sin, uh, you don't know him the way he wants you to know him. And so because of what Jesus did, he wants to bring you back together with him. And our job is to reconcile people who don't realize in some cases that they're not in a right relationship with God. Because of sin. And bring them to God and reconcile through Jesus Christ. That's part of our job. We're reconcilers. We have that ministry. Every Christian. But 2 Corinthians 5.20 also says we're ambassadors. And so we're out promoting Jesus Christ. That's what the go's about. 
It's from going and wherever we go, going with the gospel. Wherever we go, going and lifting up Jesus. Wherever we go, uh, looking for those opportunities to help reconcile people back to our God and Savior. Now then, we are ambassadors for Christ. As God did beseech you by us, we pray you in Christ's stead, be you reconciled to God. Yes, God desires you and every person to use the gifts he's given you for the benefit of others. And specifically to bring others to him through Jesus Christ. This ultimately glorifies God and fulfills the purpose he has for you. As we consider these thoughts, we realize that God knows each person before they're conceived. Just think about that. Just think about that. Before they're conceived, God knows. Before that child is born into this world, God has a plan for them. God has a plan for them, but also he intends that that child, that person, impacts others while alive. Life is precious. It's crucial to understand. Life is precious. Life in the womb and life out of the womb is precious. God knows each one. God has a plan for each person. No matter their color, their background, their culture, or any perceived issues possibly that we may think they have. God knows you this morning and wants you to know him through his son. He did everything so that you could have a right relationship with him. And the Lord will strengthen you so you can strengthen others. Jeremiah 1 verse 4. Let's read. Then the word of the Lord came unto me, Jeremiah says, saying, Before I formed thee in the belly, I knew thee. And before... Thou camest out of the womb, I sanctified thee. And I ordained thee a prophet unto the nations. And listen, sometimes that God can get a hold of a heart young, like Josiah. Sometimes it may be a little bit older, like the Apostle Paul. But at some point, as they recognize the, their salvations in the Lord, and by faith they trust Christ and turn to Him, and they would yield themselves to him. They can know him and they can know that plan and decide to follow. But you say, there's so many challenges and, and maybe you have a challenge this morning or there's challenges to uh, things that come up in your life to the, that challenge the will of God. Jeremiah said in verse 6, Then said I, Ah, oh, Lord God, behold, I cannot speak, for I am a child. I'm just, a, I'm just a young guy. What can I do? I'm just a young person. <clears throat> or I'm just an older person. Or I'm just a, a this. Or I'm just a that. Or I don't have much education. Or I, don't, I, I look like this. Or I'm born from here. Or my upbringing was this. God, I, I can't do that. I couldn't do that. God has the answer. He said, listen, if I told you you can do it, you can do it. If I'm leading you to do it, you will do it. It says this, God says this, but the Lord said unto me, say not, I am a child. In other words, get that, get that vocabulary, uh, get that, that wording out of your vocabulary. And some of you, maybe your vocabulary today is I can't. 
I can't. I can't do what God said. I can't follow God's will. I, can't, I couldn't do that. I can't do that. God said, uh, perhaps this morning to you, get that out of your vocabulary. Because if I say you can, you can. He said, I, I cannot speak. The Lord said, say not I am a child. Don't give me the excuse. Just like to Moses, when Moses said, I, I can't speak, I, I stutter. God said to Moses, who made your mouth? If I allowed you to be a stutterer, I can take that away. Or I can provide some solution to solve that problem. And some of you, maybe you're saying, I can't, I can't because of this, because of that, because of this. God said, listen, don't say that. For thou shalt go, geo, like up on the wall, to all that I shall send thee. And whatsoever I command thee, thou shalt speak. Be not afraid of their faces. And perhaps he knew in Jeremiah's heart there'd be fear. Perhaps in some of our hearts today there's fear. Well, if I follow God, or if I say too loudly this, or if I witness too much over here, or if I, or if I try to step forward in faith, I know this is going to happen. I know they're going to look at me funny. I know they're going to, have, uh, they're going to be angry at me. I, I know this, this person is going to do and, and you just can't follow because God says, listen, be not afraid of their faces. Don't worry about their faces. People are fickle. One minute they're angry, the next minute they're happy. It'll change. Just keep sticking with what you know you're supposed to be doing. Be not afraid of their faces. And here's the ultimate comfort. For I am with thee. Listen, there's no greater comfort you need when God says, I want you to do this. I want you to say that. I want you to witness to this person. I want you to use your gifts here. I want you to serve this one. There's no greater comfort than to know God saying, I told you to go. I will equip you. But most of all, I will be with thee. To deliver thee, saith the Lord. Then the Lord touched his mouth and we read that and told him what he was going to do. God knows you. God loves you. God has a plan for you. And not just you. Every, every person. Everyone conceived. Everyone born. They're precious. They're important. Stand with heads bowed and eyes closed.